Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 49, season 3, episode 13, Goodbye, My Friend, originally airing March 15th, 2009. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Liz has decided again that she really wants a child, so instead of, well, I guess since the adoption agency thing didn't really pan out, she's resorting to other methods. This time, trying to get the baby of the girl she met at the late night donut counter. Yeah. Uh, Jack is trying to stay faithful to Elisa while she's back in Puerto Rico, so he has a night with the writing staff Mm -hmm. and tries to inspire Frank to make a life change, Mm -hmm. but then Patty Lupone shows up. (gasps) And finally, it's Jenna's birthday, but... It turns out, Tracy hasn't had a birthday in a really long time, so he takes too much of the attention away from her, so she tries to steal it back. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of forget about this episode. I have to say, apart the, the Jenna-Tracy storyline is the funniest and the most yeah. memorable. The other stuff, just, it I won't say it doesn't work, but it's just not memorable or that, you know, interesting, I don't think. Yeah, like, I remember small beats of it. Like, I remember the Frank storyline of him wanting to become a lawyer again and the John Lithgow, Harry and the Henderson stuff. But then, like, I completely forget about she tries to take away... Not take away, but she tries to... Well, take away the baby from the mom because she really wants a kid that badly. But, like, none of this episode ever comes back. Like, nothing ever comes of anything of these storylines. So it's just, like, it's completely forgettable. Not that there's not a lot of moments in this that are generally funny or memorable. Or, I can't say that because I feel like we just said it's not memorable. But there's like there's moments in here that maybe have you have a quick laugh. But I don't know. None of it's substantial. It's just all yeah. forgotten. Well, it feels like the Liz, uh, you know, Liz definitely wants a baby, so she's going through this wacky scheme is like a thing they've already done a couple times yeah. in the season. So they haven't done. I mean, I guess they do it in a fresh right. So they do it in a fresh way here. But I mean. I don't know, it's sort of funny, but it just contributes to our building storyline of Liz Lemon is just a a really, really terrible person. Yeah, she's just getting more selfish. She's willing to break up a relationship and take a baby from someone who maybe isn't ready to have a kid. I don't know, but it's just like, yeah, she's just being Well, it's not she tries to do a DV, like, well, I mean, it's sort of devious, but like, I mean, the the woman will who she wants to the baby from like will consent it's not like she's going to like That's sneakily true. take it away not, so it's not yeah, it's not but like she's but the way she's still manipulating right like right 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 so that's what is yes is yeah. plays into the bad person storyline because she's very extremely manipulative in order to get her way yeah. but it's not full mustache twirling villainy just no a little bit it's, below that it's close it's close he hasn't she hasn't tied anybody to the train tracks but she she would if she needed to um I mean, she would have tied up what's-his-face the boyfriend if she had needed to, probably. That's true. Oh, dear. Until she had her change of heart at the end. (laughs) Uh, But no, the Tracy and Jenna storyline's a lot of fun because we get to see more uh, just self-absorbed Jenna. Everything's got to be about her and her feigning injuries just to get attention. Um, And it still doesn't really work. Oh, and of course, Josh is back, and he actually has lines singular one line i think it's one line congratulations but he's here so yay yeah on that note yeah uh i guess there's i guess the story will tell itself inside the episode don't don't most episodes do that you'd be surprised okay
Thanks for coming out. Thanks for watching. Love, peace, and hair grease. Hey, Liz. Me, Lutz, Toofer, and Josh are going to go to that bar where the waiters are dressed like ninjas. You in? No, I'm just going to go to the 24-hour donut place and go home. Right. Donuts and then bed. What are you depressed about or celebrating? It's this endless adoption process. It took me three months. Liz, I am totally humiliated. How could you cut diaper chicken? Wait, I know, because Tracy's the star. Oh, brother, she's feeling neglected. How's she going to act out this time? My ankle! Oh, imaginary injury. I would have said death of a voice coach. Her birthday's on Tuesday. Maybe all that attention will make her ankle feel better. Hey, Jack, what are you still doing here? It's Friday night, and I need something to do. Don't you have some gallery opening or a fundraiser to give bow ties to inner-city youths? Of course. But I'm committed to Elisa. While she's away, I'm trying to avoid temptation. I just need somewhere I can socialize where women aren't an issue. Finally, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, now. So we have all our pieces in place right now. So now we push them forward. So Liz and Pete go to the 24-hour donut shop. Excuse me. Can we get a little service over here, please? Oh. Dude, I know you're getting these messages because I know how to check your voicemail. You are officially a D-bag, Tim. I hope you lose your indoor soccer game. Sorry, what can I get you? A uh, dozen assorted for me to take home to my family, and the lady will have... A dozen assorted. <gasps> Adoption brochure. Should you be working the night shift alone like this? It's fine. They give me a gun. That's 680. I will have mine to stay, please. You want a dozen donuts to stay? And a skim milk. What are you doing, Liz? Making a new friend. I don't like this. You have crazy eyes. You have shut up, Mouse. I don't want any part of this. Then get out of here. <laughs> that is a good line. You have shut up, Mouse. <laughs> I don't know how much a dozen donuts cost, but $7 seems like a deal. I honestly have I have absolutely no idea how much donuts cost. I don't either. So, I, but well, I mean, a good deal, especially in New York, because I mean everything's a little bit more expensive there. I guess that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, that's well, basically like sixty cents a donut, which seems yeah I guess reasonable. That yeah, maybe maybe it's a cheap shop. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, how old do you think the? Do we ever get her name? Count, I want to say counter girl, but that sounds very condescending. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I know they give her a name. Yeah, it's Becca. Okay, Becca. What age do you think she's supposed to be? Mm, 20s. Like, okay. low 20s. Because my first impression was, wait, is it like, cause she, I, I guess because her voice sounds really young, I was like, oh, she's supposed to be playing like a high school student? And I was like, but, I mean, that would be really devious if Liz was trying to... to Swooping yeah. on a high schoolers, baby. So like, sure, she must be like college age. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking post high school. Uh, I mean, she's clearly inspired by the whole Juno thing around those a few years before. Um, I mean, they even kind of make a reference to it later. But Juno came out in 2009. No, no, no. It came out a few years before this. Juno was 2007. Are you serious? I think that's so long ago. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I guess so, because Ellen Page is basically our age, so she would have been, that means 12 years ago, she would have been roughly 20, early, early 20s, so. 2007. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's <sighs> cribbing off Juno's I can't believe, like, if you would have just asked me when Juno came out, I was like, I don't know, 2012? Like, that's crazy that wow. it's that long ago. 
That's a good movie. Well, since like I only saw it once after it came out, and I feel like mm-hmm. I remember it really, really well. So that's why I was kind of like surprised it's Battle of the Wild. Yeah, it's hmm. interesting. Anyway, anyway, but yeah, no, I mean, this is that that storyline is vaguely inspired by the whole Juno thing. So. Right. But yeah, in terms of the character's age, I would say post high school, the youngest nineteen, but we never really get an age, so I'm assuming twenties. I don't think it's a Juno situation. Yeah, that makes I, don't, sense. I don't think she would have a job where she's working late night. But then again, it is a Friday, so yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming it's. We'll say college age, college probably. Age, yeah. So we go to the bar where all the waiters are ninjas, and we get some daddy issues from all the writer team, writers, writers team, and Jack. Boy, that creative thing you guys do, writing jokes for a living, making the world laugh. What do your dads tell their friends you do? Surgeon, optometrist, died. I never really knew my dad, so I just lied to myself. Space assassin. I grew up without a father too, Frank. Good old Billy Donaghy left when I was two. He'd show up every now and then to impregnate my mom, punch out umpires in my little league. Last time I saw my dad, he went out to get the candles for my fourth birthday lasagna and never came back. My whole life, I said it was going to be something. Restore the glory of the Rossitano name. In Sicilian dialect, it means well poisoner. In Gaelic, Donaghy means dung basket. So I worked my ass off at SUNY, got an Fordham Law. No. You went to law school? Yeah. But I had to drop out after a semester because my mom got sick. Mothers. So what are we doing next, fellas? Don't tell me we're calling it a night already. How lame do you think we are? The night is young. We're going to Lutz's to watch movies. Tonight, a classic. Harry and the Hendersons. You in, Jack? Uh, yes, but I don't want to go to Lutz's apartment. Uh, his contract is up, and I don't want to feel sorry for him. What do you say we go to my place? Well, sounds good. Like that. Poor Lutz. He just gets bagged on. This is like the the continuing till the season series finale of just bag on Lutz all the time because he's a easy punching bag, I guess. Just a dull white guy. <laughs> there, there's a point where he gets a lot more speaking lines, right? Because yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I remember him pretty prominently, but I mean, we're what, two and a half? We're happy through the third season, yeah. So yeah, two yeah. and a half seasons in, he hasn't really had very many. Yeah, his lines. role gets a little bit bigger. I want to say in like mid-season four on he'll okay. start playing a little bit bigger of a role like I don't think he ever has a full episode devoted to him but well, I remember having him having a lot more speaking lines. yeah yeah he'll get more yeah. as he goes on but I mean he started on SNL well before this as well so he was an SNL writer that ah. came in the 30 Rock um, he's had a few cameos on SNL as well many many years ago um, but that's that's such a mean line <laughs> your contract's almost up <laughs> and I don't want to feel sorry for you uh, and to say it right in front of his face that's the worst yeah but have you ever seen Harry and the Hendersons what do you think I don't know actually no but I do remember I feel like that was one of those things they used to play on the Disney Channel a lot I feel like I remember seeing ads for it like playing on the Disney Channel all the time yeah it definitely had a lot of syndication there's a scene in it um that terrified me as a kid for like years because I just I couldn't take it I saw it wait I saw it so it came out Okay, mid to late 80s I think uh, I want to say like 88 was Harry and the Hendersons but so we would watch it like renting it or, or videotape or whatever and so I would be four or five when we were watching it and there was a scene after they hit him and so the the story of Harry and the Hendersons if you've never heard it or seen it uh, this family goes camping they're coming and they live in Washington I believe 
they go camping, they're coming back from their camping trip, and they hit a Sasquatch. And they feel bad about it, and they don't want to just, like, leave it to die. So they put it on top of their car to, like, bring it in to, I guess, take it to an animal shelter. I don't actually know why they take it with them and they don't leave them. It's been a little while since I've seen the movie. Anyway. You should have watched it again in preparation. I kind of do want to rewatch it because it's been a little while. Um, But they time to the top of the car and they're driving back and they're just having this fun little conversation and it's 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 a pretty tight conversation that the camera just keeps whipping to everybody saying something and then he's on top of the roof he's face down and then he wakes up and he pops his head down over the windshield and it's terrifying well it was terrifying as a kid because it was just it was literally out of nowhere and i just remember Everybody starts screaming, and he starts screaming because he's scared that they're scared. And then, like, they hit the brakes, and he just goes, like, launching off the front of the car. And he it's, it's actually kind of funny because <laughs> it's, like, kind of bad. Like, it looks almost just like a fake dummy just because everything's <laughs> limp. So, uh, but it terrified me as a kid. I hated watching that scene. Um, but I mean, it's a charming movie. It's a family movie. But it's charming. I, kind of, I might rewatch it tonight. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> that's Harry and the Henderson's setup. There's more to that movie. Uh, we cut back to the donut store. Liz has sat down with Becca and is trying to starts laying the seeds to coerce her, coerce her into having her baby, taking her to getting her baby. She's she, yeah. She's beginning to start to make inroads to come off as like very responsible, responsible and, and would be a great mother. And, exactly. And, yeah. And when I told Tim I was pregnant, he just freaked out and didn't call me for a week. Then he texted me when he was like, Oh, I love you. No, I'm mad at you. You did this on purpose. As if. Meanwhile, his MyFace page still says status horny. And I'm like, if you care about me at all, at least have the decency to Skype me face to face. Man, there are just so many different devices for guys to not call you on now. When I was your age, you could just be like, Oh, he probably tried to call me, but my line was busy. And then just watch Falcon Crest and cry yourself to sleep. Thanks for listening to me blab. So, what's your plan when the baby comes? I don't know. I've been talking to an adoption lady, but I just don't feel comfortable with any of the people. They all just seem really old and weird. Not one of them even knew who Neo is. I need you, gotta have enough. Finally, thank you. Somebody cool for once. That's I, a bad ADR line because she does not. Because there's a diff, listen. Listen to the full line, and when the camera cuts to just focus on Liz, the sound changes. You can hear it. Not one of them even knew who Neo is. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there's a bad ADR. So I'm just curious who they would have set in place. I feel like Neo was probably more popcorn at the time. Like she could have said something like Usher or Jason I mean, Usher Derulo. Was, I don't know. Jason Derulo. He was around that time, right? I don't. I, know. You know what? I, he has I been around for a long time, so maybe. I, but I just hate lines like that when yeah. it's like, oh, the youth is saying a line about how the old people can't pick up with, with pop culture, and they just say some random current person. It's just like lines like that always just like are so clunky for me. And it very rarely holds up. Like yeah. it's 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 a moment. well, Neo's still around, so it's not like he's totally forgotten. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's certainly. I mean, he. he? What's the last song he had? 
I don't know. Well, then he's still not around, I guess. I'm saying, but he possibly he, he, he liked his features and stuff from time to time. I think he, I think he's a songwriter, so he's probably written. No, that's true. He's probably he's probably behind for... the scenes kind of guy, but I don't think he's had a hit. Yeah, but anyway, but just in general, I just that always bugs me because it's like it's just I don't know. It's just such a overused device to sh- whatever, and it doesn't yeah. just it doesn't ring true. Like it doesn't ring like something like someone would say in real life. I guess that's why like I'm most I don't know just put off by it. That's fair. Yeah, no, it, it always just comes off as clunky. It doesn't come off as, like, funny or anything. But every now and again, there's some subversiveness to it that it's just like, okay, yeah. that's funny. wonder, was there, like, a pop star that was, like, popular in 2009 that would have fell into, like, disrepute, like, around that time? So it was, like, when they recorded it, it would have been, but, like, there was some scandal that came out. So it's like, oh, we shouldn't. Maybe. But I can't think, I, I don't. Or maybe they maybe it's that synergy, and they're like, well, we got to use an, an, a universal artist to, <laughs> maybe. To, oh. to pimp over someone. You could be right, actually. Actually, with Childish Gambino, and then they decided he wasn't popular enough to actually use in the show. <laughs> At the time. That was. that was long before he was winning the, the Record of the Year Grammy. That's true. So yeah, Neo, I mean, he was existing in this time, but... In 2009, Billboard ranked him as the 57th artist of the 2000s, so... Ooh. That's yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, I he, he I was just... definitely known, because he had, he, had, he had at least that song, So Sick, that was that was a pretty big hit. So, I mean... Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just... I'm curious who I mean, actually said. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's curious, because yeah. it, it definitely is not what she said. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and my thing in general is just that sort of line in general than specifically naming Neo because I mean, I mean, you know, if they would have said Lady Gaga, like, because she was she was around this time, like, I mean, she's certainly very relevant now too. So it could, you know, I mean, those things can always go either way. So. Yeah, but the, the, the Liz's response is um, she's seemingly singing the R and B song though, because like that wouldn't be a, something you can ADR. That, that's something yeah. that's in the moment. So it's definitely a, an R and B type song so it wouldn't be lady god no but no i know no, right but she would have been more recognizable name i think right well right but i mean i guess i was just saying like when you make those kind of references like it's hard and it, it, it can go either way as someone who's like now or as you know watching it 10 years later where that person's still relevant so that, that's what it's great contribution <laughs> so the boys are finishing up harry and the hendersons and they they frank and jack connect over the ending scene uh and they share some stories about their interpretations of the movie. He had to be mean to save him. Harry belonged in the woods. It gets me every time. This reminds me of my favorite movie, Shane. Oh, when Joey wants to go with Shane and Shane makes a mistake. Maybe it's because we didn't have fathers. Maybe that's why we're drawn to movies where the father figure pushes away the child-slash-legendary North American forest ape. Yeah, but in the movies, it's a good thing. Harry went back to the woods. It works out in real life, too. We're both doing all right. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Jordan. I was just updating my staff birthday list, and I discovered I don't have yours. That's because I don't have a birthday, Ken. What? I don't have a birth certificate because I was born inside a Yankee stadium. I bounced around Foster family so much, no one ever bothered to throw me a party. Oh, but even prisoners have birthday parties. I saw one on Oz. It was interesting. I don't need a birthday because I buy myself all the presents I need. And because of my drinking, 
they're often a surprise. Oh, but birthdays aren't about presents. They're about being surrounded by people who love you and eating a cake with your name on it and making a wish. I'm sad you never had that. My birthday's September 21st. Not that anyone asked. <laughs> That's like, I totally like it. No, no matter how like innocent Kenneth is, I totally believe he would watch everything on television. Yeah. He would watch Oz and like mm-hmm. just be like, oh, interesting, as opposed to, uh, you know, because even though yeah. we know he like has his religious background, I guess, from Georgia, it's like, I totally believe that he would just be like, no, oh, he's, he's that's a, unusual. He's such a nerd for TV that he yeah. has to watch everything. He has to have a taste for everything. But even if it goes against his principles, he still has to experience it. And yeah, his response would be like, oh, charming. Or just completely. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Oh, I've never seen Oz. I've seen either. bits and pieces and I know like the, yeah. the gist, but yeah, I've just never had real much desire. Cause I feel like it's a show that it feels like when it's talked about, it's talked about its moments rather than it's overall mm-hmm. um, package. So yeah, I think that show when I was like in high school or college, maybe so I was either like, I mean, yeah. if, if, well, if, if I if it was if it was before I was in college, I definitely I mean, my parents wouldn't have let me watch that sort of thing anyway. And in college, yeah. like again, well, we talked about how like I didn't keep track of many shows in college, so. Yeah. But I feel like it was I feel like it was about time. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I also am like I guess familiar with the general beats of it. But yeah. I, but, it. I mean, it launched a few people. J.K. Simmons, sure. uh, Christopher Maloney was on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it it, it has its place. But I think it was just it was it was the same right it was around the same time as like Six Feet Under, yep. Sex and the City Sopranos, like that era of just that was the prestige HBO shows that were coming out. I just never got around to watching them. Maybe one day, maybe probably not. I probably will never get around to Oz. I don't know. Yeah, I I do want to get around to Six Feet Under eventually, but has a good finale. I've never really watched much of the show, but I saw the finale just sort of out of context. So. I think I, got, I think I know what it is. No, they, they use a Sia song at the end, and it's ah. so good. It's a good. It's a good moment. That's all. <laughs> was that a pun or something? I don't know. <laughs> you said good moment, like you made this little smile. Like I was like, I didn't know. Well, if that was no, like a was end of reference or something. End of conversation. Anyway. Hi, Frank. Oh, hey, Jack. This morning it hit me in the shower why the Hendersons named their guest Harry. Yeah. That film has layers. I was also thinking about what you told me about your family and law school. Yeah, sorry. I was drunk. I shouldn't have told you that stuff. No, no, no. no. I'm glad you did. We have a lot in common. We both have recurring dreams about being overpowered by a female bodybuilder. Okay. We were both drunk. But I want to help you. So I made some phone calls, and if you want, you can resume your law studies at Columbia this semester, full scholarship, no strings attached. Are you serious? Make your mother proud, Frank. Make your father hate any new children. <laughs> but uh, I, I've got a whole other life now. I guess. But we both know you shouldn't be working at a desk with fake vomit on it. Right. I will say one interesting thing the storyline does is bring up the concept of thinking about what could have been and now you're like very well established yeah. in a different career that you're I mean successful if you're a writer mm-hmm. on a network show I mean that's a pretty successful place to be yeah. in that sort of career so kind of thinking oh what could have been what would have happened if I would have done this so I, w- I, I will give credit to that for that sort of yeah sort of like unfulfilled like desires like yeah you're yeah. successful but at the same time what if my path did go that way like you know the, the idea of like diverging paths like yeah. well this is the path I took but what would happen if I took that other path 
and it it also i just kind of it just clicked for me now like also there's kind of like this parallel like jack being a father figure to frank Mm -hmm. and liz wanting to become a mother like there's some parallel there i I don't think it's that strong but the idea that liz really wants to be a mom and frank and jack at this point in the series has no desire to be a dad but he's sort of helping frank in a, in a dad way kind of thing it's, it's, it's again it's not strong but i think there's some sort of parallels there yeah well then yeah right and then it also parallels it in that um the father the father of the unborn child would i mean right now is like it's kind of like has a nice relationship but like would be absent so it's sort of parallels mm-hmm. jack's absent father yeah so. yeah 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 so he like again in that the line of make your make your dad uh what did he say make your dad mad at any other children he might have right yeah. now like show up the children that he may have and i don't know it's, just, it's such a vindictive line but it's like oh, that's something jack would say and do absolutely um but so becca's been brought on to 30 rock as a creative consultant to help basically well as liz tries to sell it is to help their demographics with the young people but basically it's just so she can uh, what's that term ingratiate sure that's a better term than i was going to use what's no. the thing groom that's, a, that's, that's oh. maybe not the right word. Uh, well, I guess she's trying to groom her to give her the baby. Yeah, but, but I think that has... Just, you know, I, I say just ingratiate herself with her so she yeah. thinks very favorably of yeah. her and wants yeah. to... You know. uh, but uh, Jenna is going around 30 Rock to remind Kenneth that even though she wants to have a birthday party, she wants it very specific, so she's giving him certain details to keep an eye out for. Kenneth, this is the dress I'll be wearing to my birthday party. Please make sure no one else plans to wear the same thing. Yes, ma'am. Did you know Mr. Jordan has never had a birthday party? He was too poor growing up. Oh, that's horrible. My heart goes out to all the inner city kids, especially those too fat to dance their way out. I'm glad you feel that way, because we have this big party planned for you. I know. And we thought you could share it with Mr. Jordan. The party, the attention, everything. Isn't that a great idea? That's so great! <laughs> <laughs> the way she just like shakes her fist yeah. and that's so great because she's like trying to like keep in the unparalleled rage like yeah. it's just like hilarious. And the timing of when she's like I feel so bad for poor inner city kids especially those who can't who are too fat and can't dance their way out of it. Like the timing of Grizz and .com like they don't they react but then like they react to her and then kind of like look at each other like did she really just say that? And then like look back at her like the timing on that's really great. But I think that's the only time we see um, Grizz. I think Dot Coms and the rest of this, which they're mostly background characters, but um, he wasn't in the scene earlier with Tracy and uh, Dot Com. So maybe he just had other priorities going on. Um, But Becca um, and Liz are bonding over each other and Becca does a little performance for Liz. I can't believe Tim hasn't called. I guess I don't even care about us anymore, but this is his baby. I mean, him not even being there for the kid is totally washed. Typical Tim. Anyway, I guess I have two choices. Go back home, try to get back with Tim and keep the baby, or give up the baby and focus on my music. So, Tim, keep baby, music, give up baby. Can I play you one of my songs? Now we are joined in a cobweb of rainbow Stop. Stop right there. Tears. 
The world needs to hear your music. Okay, so <laughs> why is a 20-something-year-old in 2009 making music that sounds like mid-90s Lil' Affair? Like, There's always a demographic for that, I guess. I mean, for sure, but it's like, it just sounds like, I mean... Well, no, I mean, that was that. Maybe it was like her voice inflection, but it sounded like really, like, mid-90s. Yeah, it was definitely... Well, I mean, it's, that's coming from the writers who grew up, obviously, like, sure. Alanis Morissette and yeah. Jewel and things like that, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, well, there was always that indie scene that... Uh, I mean, Joanna Newsom. She's got a very, yeah, very but, unique voice. But that does not she's sound different. like a Joanna Newsom. No, song. it doesn't sound like a jo- Joanna Newsom voice. Uh, but um, that, well, Tegan and Sarah—they're popular around this time. Yeah, but they I have mean, a unique sense and style. Yeah, but again, their music—I mean—doesn't really sound like that. I mean, that sounds like straight up like. Something that, you know, from the radio in the mid-90s. Like, Tegan Sarah, like, I mean, yes, they're... Well, they, they've progressed to a more, I guess, electronic pop yeah. in the, the last few years. But, yeah. I mean, even even earlier on, I mean, it was... Yes, they were even, like, folkier stuff, but not, like... I, I don't know. Like, Their not acoustic that. stuff was way more closer to that yeah. than um, what they're doing nowadays. But I, I think there was still... There was a, there was music out there like that. Well, I mean, the, yes, there's always been indie folks who sing her song, right? But I, I think it's just the way the way that her voice like gets a little growly, like it just yeah. it just sounds like a Alanis Morissette impression to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, again, I think it just yeah. goes back to that's what the writer's yeah music tastes for. So right, well, that's what I'm saying. The whole point of the character yeah. is, oh, she's so young and uses all the slang and talks about current people, and it's like she's making the song that sounds like. That's I really think it's going back. I mean, so did you listen to the Juno soundtrack? Uh, yes, but I'm I not mean, I think there's a lot it. of music on there that probably inspired kids of that time that were wanting mm. to do music yeah. to sound like that because it's a lot of 70s and 80s music and some modern music in there but a lot of the modern music because it's indie has a lo-fi quality to it which makes yeah. it sound older than it actually is so i think those kids were inspired by 30 40 years separation kind of thing like the moldy peaches you right they have that sound that they could easily have been from the 70s but they were from the early aughts so yeah I think that's part of it as well. I don't know. I think we're overanalyzing as we always do. <laughs> yeah. I like the Juno soundtrack. I like that movie. I thought that movie was fun. I thought it was a great movie. All right. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's been a while. Also, well, also, I like, I read, like, Ellen Pitcher's giving me some interview that people, like, apparently, like, anti-abortion people come to her all the time and, like, thank her for making such a strong, like, pro-life movie or whatever which i mean i guess you could take it that way if you want but i don't i'm sure that wasn't quite the intention of the writing but i mean i i do get how they you you could if that's your viewpoint you could like see it as being very supportive of that viewpoint i guess the way it plays out but anyway i just thought of that yeah i thought i mean it i thought it presented a fair for fair argument for both sides of pro-choice right but again because of the way the plot plays out that's the reason why yeah yeah, it's a charming movie. It's been a little while, but Pete can't handle it, and he's thinking that Liz is doing the wrong thing. So he's trying to convince her of it, and gives her some advice about him, about his life when he was Becca's age. You have crossed a line, Liz Lemon. Becca's never going to make it with those songs. Says who? Being terrible has never prevented success in the music business. Look at Biz Marquee or The Doors. Look, before we were happily married with five kids, Paula and I were Tim and Becca. And I can tell you right now, she is confused and he is terrified. He ran away, Pete. So did I. Five times. But I came back. And when my caveman brain saw those babies, 
with their little Hornburger foreheads. It clicked. You gotta give Tim and Becca the same chance. Hey, what are you doing? My pregnant teen message board says the baby gets all its food from the mother, so you have to give it stuff it likes. Well, no, the baby can't taste anything. It just gets nutrients from you. I'm going to post a reply to Juno32 and tell her she's a giant ass wipe. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have kids. What's that? Well, you'd make such a great mom. You're smart, successful, grounded. Oh, go on. You already dress like a mom. And stop. It's not the right time for me to have a family, but is that something you'd want? Yeah, Becca, it is. Will you sing with me, Liz? Oh, I'd rather. Mothers and fathers and jugglers and judge hills. Now we are joined in a cobweb of rainbows. Judge hills. <laughs> it's like that weird Scott Stapp, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Or not Van Halen. Um, uh, oh, my God. The dude from Nickelback. Oh, Eddie, oh, Vedder. Eddie, Eddie Vedder. Vedder. Yeah. yeah. That weird inflection voice. I don't know why that exists. Um, but yeah, so she's just sitting there. I never noticed it until this viewing. She's just eating baby food, yeah. which is the worst smelling thing ever. If you've ever smelled baby food, it is the worst. It's, but it's, it's what the baby like. Baby likes baby food. Ugh, yeah, but feed it to a baby. Like She's just straight up eating it out of the jars. Ugh. That's, I don't know how she does it. Yeah. So she says they're the teen mom message board. So she's got to be like 19 or 20. So she's got to be post yeah. high school I don't. I really don't think she's in high school um, but yeah I don't think we ever learned their ages but I, I do like the the Pete the, the Pete speeches that he gives in this about you know I, I was also afraid because I mean he said they were pregnant in their in college so um, he was still young too and his he ran away too because he was afraid and his he's he's doing his good dad character like you just gotta give you gotta let the, it's it's not your life you gotta let them do whatever they need to do or want to do like it's not up to you to control them which he, he's absolutely right but liz just can't let that go because she's adamant she needs a baby she needs it uh but meanwhile um they the the 30 rock team decide to throw a surprise party for tracy um, unfortunately, Jenna's party is shared on the same day, and she's expecting to have all the attention. He's coming! The plan is working! I bit my tongue! Surprise! <gasps> what a schmo entering first. Now I'm the headliner, and he's just the warm-up act. I'm Mr. Don Rickles, and he's just me. But I don't have a birthday! You do now! Because we all love you and wanted you to feel this joy. I do feel it. You're all so amazing. And to think I was just calling y'all a bunch of racists. Oh. <laughs> Stop. Jenna Tire. Friends, I am leaving TGS for Columbia Law School to pursue my dream of becoming a lawyer. This so as this is going on, they roll out a cake that says "Happy Birthday, Jenna," but has out of the top a big, uh, big candles. letters that say "Tracy" with candles popping mm -hmm. out of it. Yes. Also, uh, Frank has now cleaned up his look to be more appropriate for his law career he wants to have, and he looks like exactly like Pendulette from Penn and Teller. Yes. 
It's well, like it's smaller. I think Pendulette's a lot taller. Yeah, um, but I mean, just in general, like face yeah, no. hair. It, it's supposed to be as the way that I guess the hair is, yeah. and he has the same like shape of same face. Same shape face, like the hair even like has that like sporadic gray and white to it. Yeah, it definitely looks like Pendulette. Um, but also, so happy birthday to you is now public domain. Yep. So you can now sing that in, in songs and in, in TV shows. And you don't have to pay for it anymore. But I like that small little jab there. Like, <laughs> did you know you have to pay for it if you sing it on a TV show? Which they're not even on TV. So why would they? Why would that be a fact? And then Tracy's like, I did not know that. <laughs> and then they start to sing it, but. Because that lawsuit, uh, there was a lawsuit yep. that was officially settled on the twenty of uh, uh, the twenty eighth of June two thousand sixteen. So they were seven years out from actually being able to sing it without paying for it. But uh, so now, yeah, you can sing "Happy Birthday" to you and not have to pay for it. Did we talk about this already? I feel like we've talked about this already. I may have talked. To, so one of my favorite getting around of that is in community. They are. Um, I think you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah they time. sing like the last note or something. Yeah. And because it's, I think it's coming back from a commercial break. And so you hear the last note of to you. And then, so you're just assuming, oh, they just finished singing the song. And then Abed's like, is it weird that we just said the last word of the song? And is that weird to anybody else? And everybody's like, no, it's not weird. And it's just like, oh, that's so funny. That's such a funny joke. Also, while this is going on, Jenna is waiting to make her entrance, yeah. but she can't do it because. Tracy comes in, Frank gives his news, Sri comes in wearing the exact same outfit, so she just and they all, can't catch a break. And they all get the attention and they just keep getting chanted for, which is very weird. Like Sri, Frank, and Tracy, Sri, Frank, it's just so weird. Did you know that if you sing Happy Birthday on a TV show, you have to pay for it? I did not know that. Hey! My dad got us all seats for opening day at the new Yankee Stadium! <laughs> me about my back brace. Make a wish, Mr. Jordan. Blow out the candles. No one asked me about my back brace. So while Tracy said his birthday wish didn't come true, uh, we joined the Rossitano family and Jack for a nice gigantic Italian. God, look how much food is on that table. So much. I am so proud of you. A lawyer. Someday you'll have an ad on the subway in English and Spanish. Yeah. And this man, what you have done for my boy. Frankie, go open up some more wine. You got it, Mom. What do you think you're doing to my boy? I'm trying to help him. I see myself in Frank. We both have fathers that abandon us. What do you know about his father? You want Frank to be a lawyer so he won't be like his father? His father was a lawyer. And his father's father. All the Rositano men are lawyers. It's in their blood to be lawyers. Then what's the problem? The mob! What? Frankie's father didn't abandon him. He's in hiding in Phoenix. Every Rositano man is either in hiding or six feet under. You want me to paint you a picture? Because I did. <laughs> it's part of a therapy through painting thing. I had no idea. Well, you should have guessed. I don't think I should have. Whatever. I am not going to take my kid's dream away from him. You made this mess, you clean it up. I don't care how. But Francis Rositano cannot become a lawyer. 
Is this the only time Patty Lupone ever appears on no, the show? No, no, no. She, okay. so she's on three episodes. Okay. So, we'll see so I was going to say, she seems way too big of a person to show up for like a one minute bit in the middle of yeah. an episode. No, we'll see her again. Um, I definitely know. So she's listed for three episodes. She's in the Mother's Day episode and one more. And I'm blanking on what that third episode is. Um, but yeah, we'll see her again next season for the Mother's Day. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have too much um, history with Patti LuPone. Like, I know she is a Broadway singer, dancer, actress. Yeah. Um, she well, was on an episode of Will and Grace as herself, and she was in, like, oh, she's been an episode of BoJack, one or two episodes of BoJack? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, she's, I guess, like, primarily Broadway and stage, so a lot of the things, just like, we never yeah. would have seen her in since it's not like we're, we don't live in New York and... No don't see broadway play all the time but i mean she yeah she's of course she's done plenty of tea work but i mean i've mostly seen her when exactly like that when she's done guest spots and yeah. she was on the latest season of poses recurring she, she actually played a leona helmsley type character who was uh i don't know just like owned property in yada anyway the point is like she, I, I think most of her tv is recurring in guest roles and stuff yeah. and popping up here and there so. yeah. no she's fine um i've liked everything i've seen her in. it's just i don't have that much experience with her uh, but I like that twist of that that thirty rock twist of everything's going right, so something has to go wrong. Yeah, and it's kind of it's not the worst thing, but it's also it's like well that's pretty that's pretty drastic. <laughs> but it's also like why wouldn't Frank ever wonder why there's a giant painting of a guy being shot in a jur- in like a in a courtroom? Like why why that's well that maybe wrong? her art therapy has been since he's moved out maybe. and oh, that's true. he hasn't had well, the no, opportunity. He lives with her because he pays her rent. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. They well. <laughs> then the joke wouldn't work. Yeah, I know. I, it's again overanalyzing, but yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a bleak twist. So Liz gets a call that there's a visitor downstairs named Tim, and she goes to cut him off. Don't even ask about the wheelchair. Okay. Also, my old vocal coach died. Come on, come on. Lemon, are you okay? That pregnant girl, she was going to give me her baby. But now that dad is here, he's going to ruin everything. What are you about to do? I'm the one who's been there for Becca for almost two days. This Tim guy is totally washed. Lemon, there was once a great American named George Henderson. He met a woodland ape or Sasquatch, and despite its dangerous message of environmentalism, became his friend. When the time came to do the hard thing and send it back into the forest where it belonged, and birds could perch on its shoulder because it was gentle, George Henderson summoned the strength, and by God, he did it. Did it hurt? You bet it hurt. Like a bastard. But he did it because it was the right thing to do. For the woodland ape. You think about that. What? Is that Harry and the Hendersons? You've seen it? This is my life, Jack. (laughs) I've always liked that, but I've also... So when she says, this is my life, is she saying, I know that because of course I know that because I grew up watching it? Or is she saying, like, you're comparing my life yes, that, to a yeah. movie yeah. that doesn't relate at all? That's yes. that's how the reading? Yeah. Okay. For, well, okay. for, for, for sure, that's how I read it. Okay. Yeah. okay. I feel like you could read it two ways, but it makes more sense you read it as, how are you comparing this to a movie? <sighs> this is real life yeah. kind of thing. Okay. All right. That's, yeah. Which is still a little absurd because Liz is going through a crazy maniacal way to get a baby. So it's like, it's, I mean, she's doing something fantastical in her own way. So yeah. Why is a TV show that, or a movie 
plotline that much crazier. Yeah. Yeah, finding a Sasquatch in yeah. the wild. Yeah. Do you think Sasquatches were just like something that was passed down along because like someone saw like a really big bear and just probably retold a story Some, yeah. poorly to someone and it's just like a past because I mean at this point with all the technology we have we've never actually found one that's same what the aliens. government wants you to think same with aliens like yeah I just feel like well because like aliens are a different thing because I mean there's so much stuff out there it could be aliens just like come over from some other galaxy or, that's you know, true I mean, there's but that possibility given that mobile phones and digital technology has become way better and the sightings have dropped oh in terms of aliens that have that have actually already appeared with, sorry I, I meant more like it's possible you know i, I mean yeah. who knows one day but right yes yeah. like current alien alien sightings yeah yeah the, the idea of aliens yeah. are showing up in spaceships green yeah. gray things whatever again that's what the government that's wants true. you to think area 51 we didn't storm them hard enough we'll do that again <laughs> next year <laughs> yeah that's what i think a lot of those Sasquatch alien things are just someone either drunk or not right in their mind saw something they didn't get a good view of it and they just pass it along yeah right I'd like to be proven wrong I would love to know that Sasquatch exists and aliens are real but I just need to see the proofs that's all um, but Tracy's birthday wish finally comes true Oh my, Miss Maroney, are you okay? Well, I think I'll be okay in time for tomorrow's show. But then I have to go in for more tests. I'm so brave. Oh, I wish you felt better. So you could help us figure out what Mr. Jordan's birthday wish could have been. What? Why? So we can make it come true. And his birthday can go on and on. We've narrowed it down to own a Robocop, hunt that elephant that paints, or breakfast in bed. But it wasn't his birthday. It was my birthday. Oh, forget it. I'm tired of making you people try to care for me. You don't care for me, clearly. Nobody does. My birthday wish came true. What? I wish for you to get better. I was gonna wish for breakfast in bed with Robocop while our elephant paints us. We were close. But then I saw you with that back brace on right before I blew out my candles. It's a birthday miracle! Tracy, that's the kindest thing anyone's ever done for me. <laughs> now let's make Miss Maroney's birthday wish come true. Oh, that's so sweet. But who would I celebrate with if you all were in a car accident? <laughs> That is. Uh, uh, is that the darkest? She, I feel like she I got think recently so. dark in a couple episodes. Back. She said something that was like the worst thing she'd ever said, but now I can't. I think this trumps it. Yeah. Because she said it was such a straight face. Yeah. Especially because Tracy just said his wish was for her to get better. So <laughs> right. <she's> like, <laughs> uh, this is a busy episode. A lot of clips we're playing. But we're nearing the end. We got a few minutes left. Uh, Liz confronts Tim and tries to push him away. She needs the baby. Are you Tim? Becca's Tim? I'm her friend, Jenna, and she does not want to see you. She's very mad and she wants you to leave. Okay. That's, uh, that's for the best. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, what floor is the sci-fi channel on? Oh, fine. Lithgow, I'll do the right thing. God. I guess someone's been watching the world according to Garp. Damn it, Tim, wait. Becca does want to see you. She wants it more than anything, okay? No, when you said she didn't want to see me, it was such a relief. 
This baby thing is freaking me out. You know how many people want what just got dropped in your lap? Oh, now's not a good time. I want to go to Burning Man. Shut up, Tim. Do you love Becca? She's like my soulmate. I mean, You're not in listening, life. dummy. Nut up right now. Get a job and help raise that kid. Love it because it has your goony face. And get married and have disposable cameras at the wedding because it's fun and people like it. I, the the Lithgow part is, I think, an extra note on this that helps considering we've had the Harry and the Henderson stuff and yeah. the turn for Liz to realize that she's doing the wrong thing. Um, yeah. I think it's enough. It's, it's, it's a good turn. I'm trying to get the world according to Garbrook. It's, it's been a really long time since I read it. But the only thing I can remember is that there's a car accident that plays like a, it's a really pivotal plot point at some point. So it's like, but that can't be the point of it because that, that I mean, it's coincidental that it comes right up after like Jenna's line talking about a car accident, but so that's probably why it triggered my memory. But it's like, I'm trying, I, I mean, I know it was made into a movie and I don't know if John Lithgow was in it and that's what it's like is being referenced, but I was just trying to, but I, I literally can't remember anything about Garth right now except for, yeah. I don't know much about John Lithgow is in it. Okay, so it must be, he and so it just must be but it's right after Liz references doing the right thing, so yeah. I wish I remembered the plot better. It's been too long since I've read it. But I guess it's just me. At one point, he has to make a he has to do the right thing or whatever. So that's why. Well, this is the last thing on Wikipedia. Spoilers for Royal Queen oh. Gart. Gart returns to his old school as the wrestling coach. One day during practice, Pooh, I guess Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Enters the gymnasium and shoots him at close range with a pistol. Garp is airlifted by the helicopter with his wife. He flashes back to an earlier time when his mother would toss him into the air. Um, well, it's John Irving, so re- wrestling and mother <laughs> mother things are always, like, almost every John Irving book, they play prominent roles. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Also, Strange Dreams, Bears, The Country of Austria. I can't remember. It's like they're about... Not that anyone cares about John Irving anymore, I suppose. But. No one reads books. <laughs> Are these audiobooks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then go to Audible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we uh, we talked about John Lithgow a couple episodes, right? With um, trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah, he was on the first season of that. So another fine NBC show. Where are we going? I already cleaned out my office. You've got to go back where you belong. You've got to go. No, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be like you. Get out of here. Go to the writer's room. There is no scholarship. Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Think about it, Tim. Do you really want your kid to grow up without a father? Jack, I don't understand. (gasps) Why don't you go back where you came from? Leave me alone! Goodbye, my friend. Those two? They both grew up without fathers. Hey, baby. My God, look at your boobs. Kiss or something. Go on. Rainbows and the cobwebs and the cobwebs of the rainbows. And stop. So, 
Even though I haven't <laughs> seen it, I, I assume that's basically how it plays out at the end of. Well, yeah, I mean the the scene, of, the ending of Harry and Anderson's was shown earlier. In the I episode. have stayed right. I remember that now. I have um, seen that part yeah, at the end. That so was in this episode. It's clunky that they reuse it yeah. in a very not subtle way. Uh, but the the smacking to like tell Frank to leave, and then like Frank's like weird hunched sorrowful like walk away is like visually it's really funny but it also like it doesn't make much sense because it's like why are you acting it makes sense in the terms of the story because it's like oh they're just redoing Harry and Engines but they would no person would actually it's just it's kind of cheesy and weird but it's also like it's goofy it's for the joke it's for the joke and it's goofy so it's like it's actually pretty funny um, but like Jack's just so hung up on it that he gets so emotional about it it's just like oh my gosh it's so silly um, we come to the wrap-up, um, and the parallels of the stories are, are connecting with Liz and Jack as they bond some more. I guess, in a way, we both lost children today. Yeah, but mine was real, Jack. Yours was Frank. Don't worry, Lemon. I'm confident that someday you'll have everything you want. Can someone please tell me how to get out of this building? It's like a maze. I keep walking past the same Sbarros. <laughs> yeah. I'm a celebrity. Please. Sad. I guess we should say John Lithgow was also on Third, third, third Rock from the Sun. He was sure was. Third Rock from the Sun. It's an NBC show, right? I think so. I'm 90% sure it was NBC. I think so. I think you're right. I've never seen it though. I've I think really watched it. I remember my parents used to watch it when I was younger, so I I still, I still remember hearing. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it here and there. Like I know the gist of it, but I mean it ran for seven, eight seasons. It ran for a while, mm-hmm. so it had a, a longevity. But yeah, just I think I was too young for it, and it also was probably airing the same time as maybe something like The Simpsons or something else was on. So priorities, I gotta watch what I need to watch. So. Yeah, that's goodbye, my friend. Uh, final thoughts on this episode. We'll forget it by next week, so it won't yeah. matter. But yeah, no, I mean, the, the the it's nice to see the adoption stuff come back up for this because it's been really since I think episode two or three of this season that that was ever a storyline. Um, I think the premiere episode handled the best with having Megan Mullally and the whole um, adoption process stuff going on. It was that was a better use of the the idea but um yeah i don't know it's just this is a good or this isn't a good look for liz that she's trying to take someone else's baby because she just wants a baby that badly um uh i never i've never really liked that um so it's not really helping her character in any way but more crazy jenna and more crazy tracy is always fun and even though the jack and this frank storyline literally goes nowhere after this um there's moments in here that are funny, but it's just kind of a, to use a term from 30 Rock, a washed episode. Oh, I'm glad you keep up with how the youths yeah, talk. Yeah, the, the youths keep me up today. They keep me fresh. You know how it is. Yeet and all that stuff. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think that's pretty outdated at this point. Oh, absolutely. Is. But we were talking about that at work. Yeet's just like one of those safe words. It doesn't mean anything. It's not yeah. vulgar. You can say it and it'd be okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's a cool word. What are your thoughts on goodbye, my friend? 
I'm going to watch Harry and the Hendersons now. I sure am not going to watch Harry. No. Same as that I said at the beginning. The Tracy and Jenna story of the Wackest there is funny. The rest of it is kind of taking or leave it. Agreed. So, we'll leave it as we move on to next week. We come back next week. Um, Jack enlists the writers to help think of a fun name for their new product, the microwave, uh, the pocket microwave oven. Liz can't get out of jury duty in New York. And Jenna is still filming her Jackie Jump, Jump biopic, and she gets some pills from Dr. Spaceman to help her out. All on next week's Wacky 30 Rock, The Fun Cooker. I like cooking fun. No, you don't. Same as not fun. As always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. Ratings and reviewing all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. So uh, we're coming up uh, again on the new year. We got a couple episodes uh, before we hit our anniversary, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, and as always, we will see you next time. Dave takes out. See you next time.